Welcome back to the Adam Schefter Podcast. Coming off week one and coming off the news that might be the single most devastating injury to any team and any fan base in NFL history, the torn Achilles to Aaron Rodgers. And we will get into that. We also will be joined by Keegan Michael Key. He's an actor, comedian, screenwriter, producer, a primetime Emmy Award winner, and a huge Detroit Lions fan who, like all of Michigan, is very excited about his team after its big win in the Thursday night opener against the Kansas City Chiefs. We could use a little levity after the Aaron Rodgers news, and we will be joined by Keegan-Michael Key to give it. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Adam today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Adam. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And let us go back to the Aaron Rodgers news and all the events Monday night and all the events going forward. There is so much about the night that stays fresh in my mind and will stay fresh in my mind for a long time to come. And we start with this. The game and the warm-ups, the warm-ups were delayed due to this incredible storm where there were text alerts going out, shelter in place. The water was pouring in. It was a crazy scene. And when we got back onto the field, I remember bumping in to a Jets executive, Eric Gelfand, and we were talking and he said, I don't ever feel like this before a game, but I'm nervous. I have a weird feeling. And I'm like, really? And he said, yeah, I, I don't know what it is. I've been thinking about it today, but I just have a weird feeling, nervousness that I don't ever have for games. I thought that's interesting. And to my left was ESPN's ace researcher, Evan Kaplan. And Evan said to me, you know what's weird about week one? We didn't have one big story that we usually sink our teeth into. Usually there's a quarterback controversy or a fight within the team or some rules issue or some team that makes some type of headline where week one, aside from J.K. Dobbins rupturing his Achilles, which was terrible to see, was really quiet, uneventful. And Evan said it was one of the most uneventful week ones he could remember in a long time. 
So now we have Evan saying it's an uneventful week one, and we have Eric Gelfand saying that he's nervous about the game, and the game begins, and here we go. Four plays in before Aaron Rodgers ever could complete a single pass. He goes down, stays down, shakes his head to the sideline. You knew right then and there that it was something serious and gets carted off. And it gets worse. Carted off. He's got the boot on. They say the x-rays are negative, which means nothing. My phone is blowing up with texts from a combination of Jet fans, all the ones who wanted Rodgers in the offseason, who continue to text on a daily basis, and people across the league, people in touch with their medical staffs, front office members, coaches, saying that they all thought that it was an Achilles. Now, nobody knew. You don't really know until you get an MRI the next day, but that was the suspicion inside the stadium. Some people thought it could be a high ankle sprain. I heard Liz Frank kicked around. Even the people around Rodgers weren't saying so the Jets owner, Christopher Johnson, about halftime, I walked up to him. He looked shaken. He said, I don't want to talk about it. I said, is it the Achilles? We don't know yet. Now, could they be lying? It's possible. But the fact of the matter is, the people who saw that replay, as it was described to me, said they saw his calf reverberate. And he had a calf strain all summer. And it did turn out to be the torn Achilles that it was. Now, when you think about it, and I said this before at the start of this podcast, and I've said this on Twitter, and I really do believe this. Aaron Rodgers' torn Achilles might be the most devastating injury to a team and a fan base in NFL history. Tell me a player who's ever received more offseason hype, no one, a player who raised another team's expectations more than Rodgers did, maybe no one, who had a season end four plays in without ever completing a pass. Now, we could go back and think of some of the injuries that have occurred like that. And I was thinking about it this morning before the official word flowed in that it was a ruptured Achilles. Tom Brady tore his ACL in 2008 in week one, but he was coming off the shocking loss to the Giants in the Super Bowl that prevented the perfect season. And it was devastating, no doubt, but the Patriots had so much success that it's an all-time injury. But I don't know that it's more devastating than the one that Aaron Rodgers suffered. Peyton Manning had a neck injury. He had to leave Indianapolis. It changed the course of the Colts and Broncos franchises, but it came not in a game, and it was a different set of circumstances. So that one I don't put into that category. Dak Prescott was having an unbelievable start to the season when he had his leg and ankle injury in 2020. That was a bad one, no doubt. That stayed with a lot of people. The image of his foot turning on national TV, devastating. But again, <laughs> had played some of the season. The Cowboys' hopes were high, but Aaron Rodgers just feels a little bit more significant to me. Carson Palmer going down for the Bengals, devastating, devastating. I think of Terrell Davis in 1998, coming off a 2,000-yard season. Broncos are defending their back-to-back -back Super Bowl titles without John Elway. Brian Greasy throws an interception, and Terrell Davis's own offensive lineman, Matt Lepsis, falls on him on the sideline, tears his ACL. His season's over. That, too, was a devastating injury at that point in time. There was Michael Vick with his broken leg in the preseason. That was a bad one. 
And I even think of Vinny Testaverde for the New York Jets in the season opener in 1999, and the Jets fan base was devastated then. But the difference this time is that Rodgers was the Messiah. The entire offseason was built around him. Everybody had such high hopes. This team with all these young playmakers, this great defense, finally, it had a quarterback that could take them to the Super Bowl. And now, instead, they're back to Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson as QB1. Zach Wilson back in charge. Zach Wilson, the man who last year upset some of his teammates with his comments, who had some costly turnovers, he now is in charge of this team. And yes, the Jets can go out and look at other quarterbacks, but really, they're not getting a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers. And so they have to move on with Zach Wilson. It's a blow for the Green Bay Packers. With Aaron Rodgers done for the year, the Jets now owe the Packers a second-round pick in the 2024 NFL Draft. Rodgers had to play 65% of the snaps this season for the Packers to get the Jets' first-round draft pick in 2024. Rodgers lasted four plays. And so the New York Jets, a curse franchise, have their latest curse. And it harkens back the memories of Larry David's little riff on Curb Your Enthusiasm. Did he leave a note? Yeah. He said, I can't take any more disappointment. Holy shit. The hell's he talking about? Holy shit. I can't take any more disappointment. That's what he used to say when we watched the Jets games together. I can't take any more disappointment. That's an exact quote. Really? Jeff, I've seen that guy sob after losses. During games, I've seen him sob. Who knew he was so tortured? And they just kept losing, and they kept eating at him and eating at him. And he just, he couldn't take any more disappointment. Oh, my God. The Jets killed Carl. I even had a high school friend text me during the game Monday night, and the text said, why did you make me a Jets fan when we were younger? So even I'm getting some of the blame for bringing people over to a fan base that has been tormented, but never more tormented than they are in this 2023 season in the latest chapter to a disappointing run for the New York Jets football team. All right, we need a little bit of hope, a little bit of levity, and that's why this week, we reached out to the NFL's main scriptwriter, a man for a little humor, a man for a little laughs, the Emmy Award winner, the huge Detroit Lions fan, the man on all those NFL commercials with all those scripts, Keegan-Michael Key. First of all, and let me thank you for joining on such short notice. Like, I thought, you know what? The Lions come off the big win. It would be awesome. If Keegan talked about the Lions, you're coming off the table reads, reading all the scripts, and I just want to know if it was in the scripts to have the Lions pull the upset in Kansas City with you there in person to witness it. Yeah, see, I had to do I had to do some 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 rewrites recently to make sure that the Lions won this game by the the biggest thing is everybody I said why can't they just win by one point and everybody they they were they were protesting so I just did the rewrite on my own. To make sure that they won by one point, you know. Sometimes you just you have a creative feeling, Adam, in that last minute, and you, you have to make that change. So you make that change as soon as you can. And I wanted to make sure that they just won by one point. I thought that would be fitting for the first game of the season. And Keith, you nailed it. You know what? You took over the table reads. You made sure the script would go as it should, and it worked out perfectly. Now, how far 
how far do you have the Lions scripted for the rest of the season here? Right. <laughs> I got them. I got, I've got the Lions going to the NFC Championship game. And that, yep. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I see. I can't believe I'm sharing this with you. I shouldn't be, tell, I shouldn't be telling this. This should, this should not be on the podcast. I shouldn't be telling everybody what the script is going to look like. But the Lions are going to become the darlings of the league and go to the NFC Championship game. And then I can't tell you any more after that. That's, that's getting up to page 126, and I can't, I can't reveal any more after that. <laughs> what, what was it like to mingle with all those guys like Jalen Ramsey and DK Metcalf and some of the others at the Jamar Chase at the commercial shoot? It was really, really great, man. Uh, I, I tell you, they, they, they were so into it, and especially Jalen Ramsey. He's, he's really that guy's really a natural. He really just loved. He, he, there's something about the way he delivers lines. He's just really, really great, and you can tell that they're, they're, they're really excited to be there and do the, do, do the piece with you. You know what I mean? It was just really great to watch them say their lines, and, and I'm trying to think if there was something that was there something that Jalen did. So Jalen Ramsey was up for anything, up for anything. And, and at one point in time, he actually had to say during one of the pieces, he was like, okay, now you guys just gave me a line. I'm going to say it, but I just need to know what is Lederhosen? That was his question. <laughs> that was his question. So we literally, so, so we had to bring up on a phone, a picture of Lederhosen. So he would know what Lederhosen was. So he would get the joke. And, um, and then he, the joke is, I look good in Lederhosen because there's <laughs> one piece that's coming up that's about the international games. Yep. And and Jalen's talking about playing in Germany. It's it's really great. But the, the joke the joke is, I look good in Lederhosen, and he delivered it beautifully, like flawlessly. They they, they were all great. Let's go. So let's get back to the lines. Can you ever remember in your lifetime a bigger Detroit Lions win? I, the the only thing that even comes to mind was our playoff win in '91 versus the Dallas Cowboys. That's the closest thing, which 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 was nowhere near as exciting a game because if you can believe it, the Lions won that game in a blowout, which is very difficult to believe. The, the, the words "blowout" and "Lions" don't usually mix <laughs> in the same sentence. But this is this is this is such a huge win, Adam, for them. Such a huge win because it's such a statement win coming off of last season too. After beating the Packers in the last game, yeah. nothing to play for. All all of their playoff aspirations were done. They just went in there to make a statement, make the statement. Then they have what I think was a really great and creative draft. And then, um, you know, and, and, and if you go back even further to Hard Knocks. So Hard Knocks kind of made them a darling. Then they had that win against the Packers. And then they beat the Super Bowl champs in Arrowhead, in one of the loudest, if not the loudest stadium in the NFL, I mean, it, it's it's just showing them, it's just showing the NFL that this should be on notice that Detroit's for real and that we're really coming. Like, what, whatever. Um, I know I'm paraphrasing, but the quote that um, Dan Campbell had today about I didn't learn anything new about my team. I I only only have verification of what, I, of what I already knew is just I think actually a badass thing to say because he's got so much confidence in this group. And he just believes in these guys, and they believe in him. They're backing him. They're backing the culture. It's it's just it's so exciting to see. You've never had a Lions season like this. I know we're one game in, but I'm talking about the hopes, right? Like, you can't ever recall oh. a time where you were legitimately, justifiably excited about the Detroit Lions. Uh, it, it, this, is, this is the most excited I've been I, I, that I can even remember. I mean, there were times when... 
I'd get up on a Sunday and get really excited because I knew Matt Stafford and Calvin Johnson were playing. You know, so there'd be so I'd go, okay, I'm going to watch some Staff, some Stafford Johnson connections today, and that's going to be fun. But this this it feels different this time. It's a whole group. I feel like this whole team, defense, offense, special teams, all playing together under the same culture, under the same system, and 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 they're they're adopting Dan Campbell's attitude about grit. And I think it's, I've just not seen anything like this. I feel I, I have, you used, the, you said the word hope. Hope is the word. That's the word, Adam. That it's that I'm, that, that I, that I see when I look at them, even after just one win, I go, God, we can win every game. You can win. <laughs> we can win every single game. We can look out Miami Dolphins. Look out 73 Dolphins. <laughs> well, hey, listen, if you want to write it into the script, go ahead. Like you yeah. can do that. It might be in there. It might, it might be in there for all we know. Yeah, for all you know, and I, I, I'm not, at, I'm not at liberty to tell. I'm not at liberty to tell, but you know, who knows? It could be in there. Now, you were in Arrowhead for the opener. Had you ever been to Arrowhead before? No, it was my first time. It was me and my wife's first time. We, 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 we were really excited to go to Arrowhead. It was, it's a great atmosphere. Let me, let me tell you something. I've been to every NFL stadium. I think that might be my single favorite place to watch an NFL game. Really. Really? I, I think so. You know, I went there for about 15, 16 years when I covered the Denver Broncos for the Denver Post and the Rocky Mountain News. And I would go every single year. And it just, it's a collegiate style atmosphere. You can mm -hmm. smell the barbecue from downtown KC, all the tailgaters. Like, yep. wherever you go, it's, the, the, the stands, I think, are right on top of the stadium. So it, it doesn't, like, jut out. It just, I don't know. There's something about that place. I think it's an incredible place to watch an NFL football game. And last night, I mean, it was the the noise was deafening when the Kansas City fans were cheering. It was really a great, like you said, it has a collegiate atmosphere. It reminds you of the Big House or Beaver Stadium. It's louder. Well, it's louder than the Big House. It's louder than the Big House. Yes, it is. Oh wow, really? I didn't oh, know. Oh yeah, yeah. Now, now Beaver Stadium. You might be able to attest. I've been to a few games at Beaver Stadium. Beaver Stadium is pretty loud, but yeah. I think I think Arrowhead's louder than the Big House. Wow, that's that that I mean that's impressive. That's saying something. I don't even know how many people fit into Arrowhead. I'm gonna guess off the top of my head. You know what? I'll have it right here. I think I'm gonna guess sixty thousand, sixty-five thousand. Hold 60, on. Let, let, let's that's see you know, that. Then that's very impressive if it's louder than the big house. If you think hold on, about I'll it. tell you right now. Ready? It is. Yep. It's about seventy three thousand four hundred. Seventy three four. Okay. Seventy three well, four, Keegan. Yep. And, and you're right. It is. It is above. It's. It is right on top of everybody. There's. There's something nice and kind of intimate about it in a way. You Rather know, than like this, it's like this. It's yeah, exactly. It goes up and down. It goes up and down, and so the the the, the noise just cascades down on the field. And I was so impressed by the poise that the Lions were showing, and um, how uh, Jared Goff was just you know he would just talk to the line, talk to the backs. As they were going, and the place was so loud, and they just kept their composure the entire time. I was just so impressed. And also, the other thing, Adam, that impressed me is we had four rookies out there last night, and all four of them contributed. Sam Laporta contributed. Jameer Gibbs contributed. Brian Branch has a pick six. I mean, it was it was just it was. And then and then Jack Campbell. Jack Campbell was making plays, and these these guys are rookies, which means. We have legacy players who we can look to for years to come. Let me tell you this. Jameer Gibbs, 
looks to me like Alvin Kamara Jr. Yep. Sam Laporta is going to be, I think I'm going to predict right now, the best tight end from this rookie class. I agree. I agree 100%. I think he's going to be the best. The way that they touted him out yesterday, I couldn't believe how much they were using him already. I agree. He's going to get so many looks, so many reps, and I think he's just going to get better and stronger as the season goes on. I'm in 100 agreeance with you about Laporta. And, and Brian Branch, the pick six, and, and Jack. So they're, they're really in a good shape. Now, when you're on the field before the game, does anyone come over to you and say anything? Do you go over and wish anybody luck? What's that like for you, Keegan, to be on the field before the game? Oh my God! It's heaven! It's it's heaven! Yeah, I we, we were over at the the Detroit sideline. And we always say hello to the president of the Lions, Rod Wood, and his wife Susan. And then you know I give Brad Holmes a hug. And uh, Coach was out there yesterday, and my wife and I got to say hi to him. But he was pretty locked in. He was pretty, <laughs> he was pretty locked in. He said hello. He was very polite and gave us hugs and everything like that. Lots of lots of hugs on the Detroit sidelines. We had we had a lot of a, a lot of uh, a lot of and and. Um, Oh yeah, we also hugged Mahomes. We, that we got to see Patrick Mahomes. Wow! And, and we got to have a great time with everybody. It, it was really, it was really a wonderful trade because we we like both teams, and um, it was um, it was great. I got to talk to the fans. I got to um, sign some autographs, some jerseys, some heads. What's that? <laughs> oh, we got to, yes, we got to apologize to the Hunt family. Um, for 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 being in Arrowhead and rooting for the Lions, <laughs> and, <laughs> that's okay. And that's gracious, okay. forgiving. Yeah. <laughs> that's okay. And yeah, by the way, you went into their house. You know, you drank their beer, you ate their food, and you left with the victory. That, that's how it goes sometimes. Yep. Sometimes, sometimes, right? not often in that house, but that's <laughs> why. Now, Keegan, you mentioned meeting Dan Campbell pregame. You've met him before, I take it, right? Yes, I have. Mm -hmm. Okay. Can can you do a Dan Campbell impersonation the same way that you could do James Franklin, or no, is that impossible? Have you worked on that at all? I haven't. I haven't worked on it at all. But um, I mean, last night after I, we watched um, his uh, post game speech to the team, the one thing that I can I can work on is just he he had a pretty hoarse voice. You could tell that he was out there screaming during the game, or at least celebrating at, at some point in time because he was really hoarse, man. He was. Really he was talking to Mike. You guys understand that this is a team. We're going places. We are built for this. We are built for this. I love that guy. I got to work on him some more. You, that's pretty good. I got to tell you something. You're not far off. You're going to have Dan Campbell here in no time at all. <laughs> how, how long did it take you to get James Franklin down? That took me. That took me about. Uh, took me about a month to, to, to work on the big thing with James with, with the James Franklin was the word during. He says during 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 you know during halftime you got to just get the during in there because he's got a nice good he's got a good, real good Pennsylvania accent, and so I have to work on it not being more Pennsylvania and then that's the word that I would use to get into the accent. It's like during 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 <laughs> the game. I want you guys focusing on this one win at a time. One win at a time, okay? So during the game, don't think about anything else other than what your assignment is. Can you just pick, can you just pick up anybody and impersonate them like that? Like, can you do Prime, Coach Prime in Colorado? Oh, man, you know Coach Prime, man. Listen, hey. man, Prime, Prime, Prime. Hey. I told y'all. I told y'all, <laughs> man. Everybody need to watch out. We coming. Nobody wants to listen. <laughs> well, he, that's pretty good. That's that's a gift that you got like that. That's unbelievable. Where did you get this impersonation gift from, Keegan? 
Oh, I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> I don't know. I've been impersonating people for a long time. You know, I think about Mr. Wichter, my eighth grade teacher. And, you know, I probably started way back then, you know, trying to impersonate um, the teachers in grade school and, uh, and, I, and, and some of the nuns that were my teachers there and stuff like that. <laughs> I'm going to keep bringing you back to the Lions, though. Can you imagine if they were to reach the NFC Championship game as scripted or even go potentially further if we open up the script and find out that they did go to or even win the Super Bowl? in Las Vegas this year. Can you imagine what that would feel like for you to experience? I, I, I just, you know what it would feel like? I, I've thought about this yesterday, actually, a little bit, is there would be such a sense of relief, I think, which is because there would definitely be excitement. I think everybody understands that you feel excited once there's a win. I mean, I've been excited for uh, Super Bowl winners in the past where I've run around, I've run around the seats and like, you know, whooping and hollering. But if Detroit won, I just the relief it would be for me to experience that. It's like it's like Cubs winning the World Series. You know what I mean? Because the Lions are one of those very few teams that's never been there. They've never been there. If they went to the Super Bowl and won it, I don't even know what I would do, Adam. I don't even know what I would do. But I know that I would experience some sense of relief. Well, Keegan, you talked about that one playoff win. It's the only playoff win that they've had in your lifetime, I believe. It's the only playoff win they've had in my lifetime. That's right. Yeah. Yep. I think it's one playoff win in like 65 years. That's one. right. That's, I mean, I think it's their only playoff win since they won the champ, the NFL championship in 57, I think is the last time they won. And so we have, we have, we have been in a drought for such a long time. It would be, oh my gosh, what could you imagine if they went to the Super Bowl? It would really, and we've got some guys on the team who've, who've been to Super Bowls. Who can who can who can coach up the rest of this team and tell them, hey guys, look, this is something that we can do. We can actually achieve this. What was it like for you to see Matthew Stafford win the Super Bowl? I was very happy. I was like, I felt like we like Detroit had won the Super Bowl adjacent. <laughs> I felt Super Bowl adjacent. <laughs> I, felt, I was really happy for Matt because he's such a great guy. And, he, and and I think I think personally, I, my, my feeling is that Matt is a, a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's such a gifted quarterback, and for him to get that win, I think it was long overdue for him after being uh, uh, me being a long suffering Detroit fan and him showing such sparks of excellence when he was in Detroit. But it just never the, the teams never put it together. I mean, so for him to be able to go to LA and have that arsenal around him was really fun to watch. I felt so good for him. It was it was it was pretty fun to watch, right? And I'm glad that you drew an element of happiness from that. I also want to ask you: Is it true that you once paid Von Miller's eleven thousand dollar fine for mimicking your Hingle McKingleberry? Am I saying that right? McKing McCringleberry. Hingle Hingle McCringleberry. Yep. His end zone celebration. Did you pay yep. his eleven thousand dollar fine for that? We did. We did. What's that? We made a donation. Oh, that's right. Yes, we made a donation. We made a donation to a charity. Uh, uh, Jordan Peele and I. Yeah. Ah. So once he did it, we we made a donation in the amount of money for his his fine uh, to um, to one of the um, foundations that he support he supported in Denver. That's very nice. What made you do that? Well, you know, it was just one of those things we 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 liked Vaughn so much because when he did the um, the three pumps. We thought it was so great of him to do that and to take take the hit for the fine. So we thought we, you know, we we'd show homage to him by donating to the to the charity. 
And if more players want to do that, is that an offer from you and your wife to donate even more? <laughs> I, I, you know, I'll have to have a discussion with her about that. But uh, I think I think that's something that would be on the docket. Yeah, we can think <laughs> about that. Hopefully yeah. not too many guys. Not too many guys. You know what I mean? <laughs> now, the Lions' next game is against the Seattle Seahawks. Will you get the yeah. chance to go to more of these games? Can you do that with your schedule? Or is it not possible? Well, it, it depends on the time of year and where, where where I am and, you know, how the schedule works out. But it would be nice to be able to make some more games. And I've, I've got to tell you, uh, what's that? Oh, I am going to the Giants-Jets game in October, in late October. So I get to see, I get to see uh, my wife's Giants play um, Aaron Rodgers, which is going to be a really good game. So we're going, we're going, definitely going to that game. Because yep. we got to, you know, Adam, we got to switch it up. You know, you got We got a Giants fan and a Lions fan in this house. It's an NFC household, and we try to share the wealth each way. You know what I mean? So that she gets some, she gets some um, big blue, and I get some Honolulu blue. What, what, so. what would it be like if the Giants and Lions were to play a meaningful game of consequences, Keegan? What would happen then? Oh yeah, we, they played last year. L won't watch. <laughs> L won't watch. She will not watch. She, she, she's just, I'm just like, honey, honey. And she's like, nope, nope, nope. I'm in the other room. <laughs> I can't watch. <laughs> she can't watch the game. But I think it not happening. She, no. She, she, won't, she won't root against the Lions. That's the thing. <laughs> she won't root against them. Well, that, that's that, how that's, one she is. L is a special woman putting up with you like that. That's, that's very nice. Very special woman. Very special yeah. woman to and to be and she is a I mean, and I'm telling you, she's a Giants fan. She really is a Giants fan, but she won't root against the Lions, which just uh is one of the many reasons I love her. <laughs> Hardcore. And so how do you feel about the next game against the Seattle Seahawks for the Lions? You 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 good with that one or not? Um, you know, I'm I'm a little nervous. I'm 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 a little nervous, but the, the thing is we are at home. So I'm cautiously optimistic about another win at home. I think, I think especially after this Kansas City win, the, the crowds are going to be absolutely jazzed. I mean, they're going to be so jazzed. But I think that um, – that, uh, let's see here. Oh, okay, all right. Um, Detroit is favored by three and a half points. Already? Already? We know. And by the way, we're recording this before the Seahawks even play their first game. And they're already that's right. favored. That's amazing. That, yeah, according to Caesars. So they're already uh, favored by three and a half. It's at home. The big thing is I, I feel confident. And the reason I feel confident is because Geno Smith is a pretty, you know, he's a pretty mobile quarterback, yeah. not as mobile as Patrick Mahomes, who is, you know, the, the best player in the league. So for them to have played as well as they did against Mahomes, I mean, they've got some things to clean up and they will. But uh, they... For them to be able to play Geno, I, I think they'll be able. I think that I think they they really can come out with a win. I really, really, really do. I mean, you got you got Metcalf out there, so he, you always have. He's such a star player. You've got to keep an eye on him. Oh, never mind. That's three point five. That three and a half is old information. That's last year's game. That's not this year's game. <laughs> that, that, that may be the line, though. That may be the line. When it, it could, it could, it, it could end up being the line. It actually could be. DraftKings have negative three. DraftKings have negative three. I, I can see that being the line. You know, listen, though. We think about this. The Lions are off to a 1-0 start and look like they're going to have a very compelling season, whatever that means. I'll leave yep. the scripts for you. You got Penn State where you got your Masters. They look like they're going to be compelling this year. It yes. looks like, Keegan, you may have a tremendous, exciting, intriguing, captivating fall. 
I think you're absolutely right, Schefter. Yeah, I think I think that that I have, and, and it's funny because I liked, you know, I'm I'm a lion. I'm I'm both a, a lion and a fan of lions. I'm a Nittany lion, and I'm also a lions fan. So it's just going to be lions and lions and lions. Oh my, all fall. I I hope um, I hope. Uh, I mean, I know we're not talking about Penn State, but you know, we're in a year where I was going to say Ohio State might be rebuilding. Which is uh, which is never really the case. I mean, no. when is Ohio State reloading, ever reloading? Reloading, ever? they're reloading. Yeah, <laughs> reloading. Yeah, they're reloading. But there okay. might be a chance for us to pull a win this year out of Ohio State. Last year, it was kind of the usual suspects. The two teams that we always lose to seems to be Ohio State and Michigan, and those are two programs that you know, of course, are tried and true. But I think uh, we might be able to pull one out this year, which would really be really, really, really great. And I and I and I'm really I'm I'm so excited for the Penn State defense. I'm a big fan of their defense. I love uh, Manny Diaz, their defensive coordinator. And the quarterback Drew Aller's pretty good too. Like they they, they look Drew like Aller's good. good. You know, both my parents went to Penn State. My father's been telling me about this Penn State Michigan game for weeks now. He's like, I'm just telling you, my school's going to play with your school. I'm like, okay, well we'll see about that. Like, and he's right. Like they look like they have a really good team. But they do again, have to, to get yeah. back to it, the Nittany Lions, the Detroit Lions, it looks like a great season for you, Keith. Yes. Yes. I'm looking forward to it every weekend. Hey, I want to thank you very much for taking time, especially on short notice, especially on a Friday night. I mean, that that's really nice to give up time like this. This is how I spend my Friday night later in life in little Zoom calls that we turn into podcasts talking about the Detroit Lions. <laughs> yeah. And, and similar regards to Elle, thank you. I appreciate her sharing you with me. Elle says yes. Elle, she says she, she waves to you. She says thank you. Yep. And thank you, Keegan. And hopefully I'll get the chance to cross paths with you fairly soon this season and continued success to all your Lions football teams. Thank you very much, Adam. It was a pleasure to see you, my friend, and, uh, and be able to chat for a little bit. I appreciate you, Keegan. Thank you, as always. And there is the great Keegan Michael Key talking about the Detroit Lions. All right, we are on to week two in the NFL. Some tremendous games this weekend, but I also wanted to go back because last week, after we posted this podcast, my friend, my colleague, my work partner, Chris Mortensen, announced that he was retiring from ESPN, stepping aside. And he'll still be involved in football, and he'll still be watching games and commenting on games and helping other people, and I'm sure I'm going to reach out to him for some guidance and counsel plenty of times. But we didn't get to give the proper send-off to Mort, who is largely responsible for me being at ESPN. I would not be there uh, without his blessing, without him signing off and helping me to come over to ESPN back in 2009. So I am forever grateful to Mort. I have a special place in my heart for him. It's the reason that he's on my Twitter avatar and has been for years and will be because He's had that much of an impact on me, my life, my career. And a couple of years back, the Dick Vital Gala to benefit the V Foundation for Cancer Research was honoring Mort and giving him an award. They asked me to write an essay for the program and I happen to have it on my computer. I think that may be um, one of the better ways that I could honor him to other people is sharing some of the words that I wrote about him that night. And so the essay, which I have right here, wanted to share with others to have them understand how significant and how great Mort has been. And I said in this particular essay, it's easier to ask someone about dying 
once he has broken free of its grasp, as my friend, my mentor, my partner, Chris Mortensen has. And so on another one of our regular Zoom calls from this past season, as we were getting ready for another ESPN Sunday NFL countdown, I asked Mort what he would think if he knew he were dying, as he almost did five years ago. He didn't hesitate. Mort said he would think of all his incredible experiences and how blessed he has been, even with heartbreaks along the way. And he also said he would be sad to say goodbye to the people he loved, but that he would be going to a place of glory. Glory tonight is in Sarasota, Florida, at the 16th annual Dick Vital Gala to benefit the V Foundation for Cancer Research. Glory tonight is the John Saunders Spirit of Courage Award, which keeps the spirit and memory of John Saunders alive while saluting the great Chris Mortensen. While he's made his living reporting on some of the toughest guys in sports, nobody has been any tougher than Mort himself. Mort has battled back from a veritable death sentence, stage four lung cancer. He has endured intensive radiation treatments that stole his posture and balance and left him unable to get out of bed. He lost his weight, his hair, but never his spirit nor fight. Mort might not look the same. He might not sound the same. He might not act the same, but he's still Mort as respected and beloved as he ever was. He's respected for so many reasons, personally and professionally. How many days has he showed up on TV when he was too tired and worn down to do it? How many live shots has he gone through where his mouth was all dry and he couldn't swallow? This has gone on for years, not unlike the man himself. And still, Mort remains ESPN's reporting conscience, the most senior and trusted voice on the network. He has seen and lived through the most, which is why I and others turn to him for guidance. Mort is a pioneer in this business, one of the first to transition from newspapers to TV, making it possible for so many to follow a similar path. Back when I was on the road as a newspaper reporter for the Denver Post, I remember standing at another Broncos practice roughly two decades ago with the TV legend Fregadelli, a former ESPN employee who went on to produce Sunday Night Football for NBC. As we watched practice that day, Gadelli told me that if there were a Mount Rushmore for ESPN, Mort would unquestionably be on it. And so at the age of 69, Mort is on the ESPN Mount Rushmore of all-time greats. He's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame as the 2016 McCann Award winner, and now he is the 2021 recipient of the John Saunders Spirit of Courage Award. Mort certainly didn't need any awards to validate it, but with two children, three grandchildren, one great-grandchild, a two-year stint in the Army during the Vietnam War, before transitioning to a decorated reporting career that honors him tonight, not to mention a life of faith and purpose, one thing has become abundantly clear. Mort already has gone to a place of glory. And he does that again now, stepping away from ESPN, and we will miss him. And I can tell you already, having gone through Sunday Countdown last week, opening show of the season, it was not the same without him. Missed him in breakfast in the ESPN Cafe before when we talk about the big stories of the day and the games ahead. We will miss him this week and every week that he's not there. We love Mort. We thank him for his service, and we wish him the very best in his retirement. All right, we want to thank Keegan-Michael Key for some of the fun and excitement that he shared with us about the Detroit Lions, the exact opposite feeling that the New York Jet fan base has now moving forward in this upcoming season. I want to thank my great producers, Christina Buswell and Sarah Abbott, for putting this podcast together, and you, the listener, for tuning in to another Adam Schefter podcast. Please join us again next week. We'll be back to review week two and look ahead to week three. Until then, have a great week, everybody. Be well and stay safe.